Book Five, Part Three of On the Nature of Things by Titus Lucretius Carus, translated by William Ellery Leonard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Daniel Vermont. Book Five, Part Three. The world is not eternal. And first, since body of earth and water airs light breath and fiery exhalations of which four this sum of things is seen to be compact so all have birth and perishable frame thus the whole nature of the world itself must be conceived as perishable too for verily those things of which we see the parts and members to have birth in time and perishable shapes those same we mark to be invariably born in time and born to die therefore when i see the mightiest members and the parts of this our world consumed and begot again tis mine to know that also sky above and earth beneath began of old in time and shall in time go under to disaster and lest in these affairs thou deemest me to have seized upon this point by slight to serve my own caprice because i have assumed that earth and fire are mortal things indeed and have not doubted water and the air both perish too and have affirmed the same to be again begotten and wax big mark well the argument in first place lo some certain parts of earth grievously parched by unremitting suns and trampled on by a vast throng of feet exhale abroad a powdery haze and flying clouds of dust which the stout winds disperse in the whole air a part moreover of her sod and soil is summoned to inundation by the rains and rivers graze and gouge the banks away besides whatever takes apart its own in fostering and increasing aught is rendered back and since beyond a doubt earth the all-mother is beheld to be likewise the common sepulchre of things therefore thou seest her minished of her plenty and then again augmented with new growth and for the rest that sea and streams and springs forever with new waters overflow and that perennially the fluids well needeth no words the mighty flux itself of multitudinous waters round about declareth this but whatso water first streams up is ever straightway carried off and thus it comes to pass that all in all there is no overflow in part because the burly winds that oversweep amain and skyey sun that with his rays dissolves do minish the level seas in part because the water is diffused underground through all the lands the brine is filtered off and then the liquid stuff seeps back again and all regathers at the river heads whence in freshwater currents on it flows over the lands adown the channels which were cleft erstwhile and erstwhile bore along the liquid-footed floods now then of air i'll speak which hour by hour in all its body is changed innumerably 
for whatsoe'er streams up in dust or vapour off of things the same is all and always borne along into the mighty ocean of the air and did not air in turn restore to things bodies and thus recruit them as they stream all things by this time had resolved been and changed into air therefore it never ceases to be engendered off of things and to return to things since verily in constant flux do all things stream likewise the abounding wellspring of the liquid light the ethereal sun doth flood the heaven o'er with constant flux of radiance ever new and with fresh light supplies the place of light upon the instant for whatever effulgence hath first streamed off no matter where it falls is lost unto the sun and this tis thine to know from these examples soon as clouds have first begun to underpass the sun and as it were to rend the rays of light in twain at once the lower part of them is lost entire and earth is overcast where'er the thunderheads are rolled along so know thou mayest that things forever need a fresh replenishment of gleam and glow and each effulgence foremost flashed forth perisheth one by one nor otherwise can things be seen in sunlight lest alway the fountainhead of light supply new light indeed your earthly beacons of the night the hanging lampions and the torches bright with darting gleams and dense with livid soot do hurry in like manner to supply with ministering heat new light amain are all alive to quiver with their fires are so alive that thus the light ne'er leaves the spots it shines on as if rent in twain so speedily is its destruction veiled by the swift birth of flame from all the fires thus then we must suppose that sun and moon and stars dart forth their light from underbirths ever and ever new and whatso flames first rise do perish always one by one lest haply thou shouldst think they each endure inviolable again perceivest not how stones are also conquered by time not how the lofty towers ruin down and boulders crumble not how shrines of gods and idols crack outworn nor how indeed the holy influence hath yet no power there to postpone the terminals of fate or headway make gainst nature's fixed decrees again behold we not the monuments of heroes now in ruins asking us in their turn likewise if we don't believe they also age with eld behold we not the rended basalt ruining a main down from the lofty mountains powerless to dure and dree the mighty forces there of finite time for they would never fall rended a sudden if from infinite past they had prevailed against all engineries of the assaulting eons with no crash again now look at this which round above contains the whole earth in its one embrace 
if from itself it procreates all things as some men tell and takes them to itself when once destroyed entirely must it be of mortal birth and body for whate'er from out itself giveth to other things increase and food the same perforce must be minished and then recruited when it takes things back into itself besides all this if there had been no origin in birth of lands and sky and they had ever been the everlasting why ere theban war and obsequies of troy have other bards not also chanted other high affairs whither have sunk so oft so many deeds of heroes why do those deeds live no more engrafted in eternal monuments of glory verily i guess because the sum is new and of a recent date the nature of our universe and had not long ago its own exordium wherefore even now some arts are being still refined still increased now unto ships is being added many a new device and but the other day musician folk gave birth to melic sounds of organing and then this nature this account of things hath been discovered latterly and i myself have been discovered only now as first among the first able to turn the same into ancestral roman speech yet if per case thou deemest that ere this existed all things even the same but that perished the cycles of the human race in fiery exhalations or cities fell by some tremendous quaking of the world or rivers in fury after constant rains had plunged forth across the lands of earth and whelmed the towns then all the more must thou confess defeated by the argument that there shall be annihilation too of lands and sky for at a time when things were being taxed by maladies so great and so great perils if some cause more fell had then assailed them far and wide they would have gone to disaster and supreme collapse and by no other reasoning are we seen to be mortal save that all of us sicken in turn with those same maladies with which have sickened in the past those men whom nature hath removed from life again whatever abides eternal must indeed either repel all strokes because tis made of solid body and permit no entrance of aught with power to sunder from within the parts compact as are those seeds of stuff whose nature we've exhibited before or else be able to endure through time for this because they are from blows exempt as is the void the which abides untouched unsmit by any stroke or else because there is no room around whereto things can as twere depart in dissolution all even as the sum of sums eternal is without or place beyond whereto things may asunder fly or bodies which can smite and thus dissolve them by the blows of might but not of solid body as i've shown exists the nature of the world because in things is intermingled there a void 
nor is the world yet as the void, nor are, moreover, bodies lacking, which, percase, rising from out the infinite, can fell with fury whirlwinds all this sum of things, or bring upon them other cataclysm of peril strange. And yonder, too, abides the infinite space and the profound abyss, whereinto, lo, the ramparts of the world can yet be shivered or some other power can pound upon them till they perish all. Thus is the door of doom, oh, nowise barred against the sky, against the sun and earth and deep-sea waters, but wide open stands and gloats upon them, monstrous and agape. Wherefore, again, tis needful to confess that these same things are born in time, for things which are of mortal body could indeed never from infinite past until today have spurned the multitudinous assaults of the immeasurable eons old. Again, since battle so fiercely one with other, the four most mighty members of the world, aroused in an all unholy war, seest not that there may be for them an end of the long strife? or when the skyey sun and all the heat have won dominion o'er the sucked-up waters all. And this they try still to accomplish, though as yet they fail. For so aboundingly the streams supply new store of waters, that tis rather they who menace the world with inundations vast from forth the unplumbed chasms of the sea. But vain, since winds that oversweep amain, and skyey sun that with his rays dissolves, do minish the level seas, and trust their power to dry up all, before the waters can arrive at the end of their endeavouring. Breathing such vasty warfare, they contend in balanced strife, the one with other still, concerning mighty issues, though indeed the fire was once the more victorious and once as goes the tale the water won a kingdom in the fields for fire o'ermastered and licked up many things and burnt away what time the impetuous horses of the sun snatched phaethon headlong from his skyey road down the whole ether and over all the lands but the omnipotent father in keen wrath, then with the sudden smite of thunderbolt, did hurl the mighty-minded hero off those horses to the earth. And so his sire, meeting him as he fell, caught up in hand the ever-blazing lampion of the world, and drave together the pell-mell horses there, and yoked them all a-tremble, and amain, steering them over along their own old road, restored the cosmos as forsooth we hear from songs of ancient poets of the greeks a tale too far away from truth meseems for fire can win when from the infinite has risen a larger throng of particles of fiery stuff and then its powers succumb somehow subdued again or else at last it shrivels in torrid atmospheres the world and whilom water too began to win as goes the story when it overwhelmed the lives of men with billows 
and thereafter, when all that force of water-stuff, which forth from out the infinite had risen up, did now retire, as somehow turned aside, the rainstorms stopped, and streams their fury checked. End of Book 5, Part 3 Recording by Daniel Vermont, Osaka, Japan